0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: In 2 Timothy 4, 7, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. He finished the work I gave him to do. May you and may I finish the work that God has given us to do. We learned some tools through the book of nehemiah not falling for the distractions of the enemy not succumbing to fear how do we overcome we trust god we obey what god tells us to do and we, we stay persistent and consistent to do what god has given us to do
0: as christians we do our best to dedicate our lives to god but it can get hard to maintain endurance in today's message pastor bill wants you to know that god is calling you to finish strong and live your all for him No matter how difficult the going gets, he wants nothing more than for you to finish strong for his glory. The devil will always try to scare you into thinking that you can't possibly live up to God's expectation, but don't back down and make an impact for eternity. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Nehemiah chapter 6 as he continues his message, The Warfare of Destruction.
1: Fear can have power over us if we yield to it. There are things that the enemy may do to make you feel afraid. Um, Sometimes he lies to people. Oh, you can't do it. Oh, it's going to fail. Oh, it's not going to work. And and you believe the lie. You begin to fill your heart. Your heart gets filled up with fear so that you don't do what God has called you to do. Nehemiah is aware of what the enemy is trying to do here. In verse 9, he says, look, they're just trying to make us afraid. I know what they're trying to do. He says, they're trying to make us afraid. This is what they're saying. Their hands will be weakened in the work and it won't be done. The reason the enemy is trying to make them afraid is so they won't be able to do the work. They won't be able to focus on what they've been called to do. It And this is what Nehemiah does. He doesn't say anything else to them. The next sentence is directed to God. He said, now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Let me say this about prayer. Throughout the book of Nehemiah, we've seen this many times, these little quick, short prayers. When the king asked Nehemiah, what do you want? He said, quick prayer, Lord, Said a quick prayer to the Lord of what he should ask for. Then he spoke back to the king Um, at different junctures. When things happen, he just quickly turns to the Lord in prayer here. He says, man, I can tell they're trying to scare us so that our hands will be weakened. He says, now, therefore, oh, God, strengthen my hands. Since since I can see they're trying to weaken my hand. God, I'm asking that you would strengthen my hand in the work. And I just want to point out to you and me, if you're listening, you're a believer you're in a relationship with the living God. You got access to God 24-7. You can pray just like that. It can be audible. It can be in your mind. It can be in your heart. Sometimes you can be standing right in front of somebody and you don't know. You're thinking of the answer. You can just pray in your mind. God, give me what they need to hear. Give me the right answer to this right now. Lord, just just, just right in your head, right in your mind. We have access to God 24-7, just like that. Nehemiah taps in to the Lord because he can. And so... Moving on, look at verse 10 now. It says afterwards, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. And so now this man, Shemiah, and it gives us all his family background so we know who he is. Shemiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, he comes to Nehemiah, and this guy is a false prophet that's a secret informer to the enemy. So Nehemiah's got a guy that's supposed to be a prophet, supposed to, you know, speak the word of God, but he's been bought off by the enemies of Nehemiah. So he's just coming in close to hey Nehemiah, bro. I got this word from the Lord and they're going to come kill you. So you need to come with me to the temple of God and let's go hide in the temple because they're coming tonight to kill you. Now, I told you guys earlier that Nehemiah had discernment when he was able to discern at the end of verse two that they were calling him down to the plan of. Oh, no. But really, they meant him harm. Well, right now, in this section, Nehemiah is going to be able to perceive that this guy's words are not from the Lord. Verse 12 says, then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. And somehow Nehemiah, as he heard this guy's words, he just discerned that this ain't from God. This guy has been paid by Sam Samballot and Tobiah to come over here and tell me this lie. Um, I can tell you one other reason why Nehemiah would not have fallen for this. It was spoken in the scripture very clearly that no one but the priest was to go into the temple. And so it would have been inappropriate for Nehemiah not being a priest to go into the temple. And so, you know, that would have been another reason. But he just is able to discern that this guy is lying. And again, I think that's really important because today we have people that speak on God's behalf, things that are not accurate things that are not true, things that we can't find in scripture. One way you can, you know, you can kind of click off a false prophet right away is if the things that they're saying disagree with the written word of God. If, if, if what someone is saying is in conflict with what God has already said, the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And so we can put that off. But sometimes it may be that we need discernment. We need God to give us uh, discernment uh, as to what we're hearing. Is it from the Lord or is it not? And I would encourage everybody here, anybody here gets a word, someone gives you some prophetic word. You want to pray that through. If it's not bearing witness with your spirit, don't receive it just because someone claiming to be a prophet gave it. And uh, So Nehemiah here is seeing that now, look at the enemy is digging into every bag of tricks, right? The enemy says, man, this guy fears the Lord. This guy fears the Lord and he listens to the word of God. So the enemy digs into the word of God. He says, I'm going to send a false prophet and see if I can't get him there. That's not a new trick. Satan in Genesis, when he spoke to Eve, lied on God, twisted God's words to her. He actually said to her, God was lying. God's word wasn't true. In Matthew 4, when Satan was trying to tempt Jesus, he took Psalm 91 and he twisted the scripture. He took part of a verse and didn't give the whole verse, but just gave a part of the verse, but he's dealing with Jesus Christ, the living word of God. And so he was unsuccessful. But we know that's a tactic, a strategy of the Satan to take people that believe in the word and twist it. So every cult, uh, many cults use the Bible. There's a lot of false groups that use the Bible. We want to be people that are discerning and that are aware of what the Bible does teach that we don't get deceived or misled by these things. And so moving on now, verse 11, um, Nehemiah says, and I said, should such a man as I flee? And I love that. And who is there, such as I, who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. That first phrase, Nehemiah says, "Should such a man as I flee. And if I could put that in our own, our own vernacular, Nehemiah is essentially saying, what I look like running. Like I'm not, the, I'm not running from you. I'm not going to run and hide in the temple. That's not who I am. And so I, I take it that Nehemiah was a little bit rugged. Maybe he had a little hood in him. But Nehemiah said, well, what I look like running. I'm not running into the temple from you. I'm not going to do it. And so here he says, look, to such a man as I flee. And who is there such as I, who would flee as of all places into the temple of God, where Nehemiah knows that that would be going against the word of God. And so he doesn't go for this. Nehemiah is not going to run into the temple. And here's the thing. Had he fallen for that and run to the temple, that's probably what they were going to try to catch him or get him at. But they didn't go to the temple. And so he didn't submit. He didn't give in to this lie or this temptation of the enemy, and again, I just want to remind you that as you look at this, the, the enemy is just coming. There's all these different types of attacks, he's trying every door he can. If you're doing something important or significant for the Lord, there may be not just one or two, or there may be many attacks, he may come at you in several different ways. And so, we want to be prayed up, we want to be obedient to the word of God, we want to be obedient to the things that we know God because that's going to keep you. From falling, keep you from falling into the traps that the enemy is trying to set up for you. In verse 12, it says, then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambala had hired in verse 13. For this reason, he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin so that they might have a cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. And so Nehemiah is not just aware of what the enemy's is doing. He says, not even know why you're doing. You want me to be afraid. But here's the thing. The enemy can want you to be afraid. But if you refuse to be afraid, this is what everybody needs to hear tonight. Fear is a choice. You can choose. That's not going to be afraid. I'm just not. I won't be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid of that thing that you're you're threatening me with or that thing or whatever. And he's not afraid because he's doing what he's doing in obedience to the Lord. And something that we all need to know is this. If you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else because there's nobody above him. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All authority is his. The safest place for the child of God is in the will of God, right in the center of his will. If we're in the center of God's will, then we can know that from that place, anything that happens to me has to pass by God. And if God's allowing it, it's it's for my benefit. It's for my good. Even bad things are for our good. The Bible says that all things are working together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purposes. And so we can count on that. We can trust in that and and we can not fear because of that. And so Nehemiah doesn't fear. And what that does is it it takes the strength away from the enemy. Remember this about our adversary, our enemy, the devil. He can only work from outside. If you're a believer, you are you belong to the Lord. The spirit of the living God lives in you. And so Satan can't, he can't grab you and make you. He can't take hold of you and, and by force make you do something. Satan works from outside. He tempts, he lies, he distracts, he sends. You know, he, he, everything he does is from outside, but he can't make you respond. You get to choose how to respond. If Satan throws temptations your way, you can choose to not yield to temptation. And submit to God and resist the devil. Um, If Satan comes with lies, you can defeat a lie with the truth. If Satan comes with things that make you feel afraid, you can choose faith in God over fear of a thing and faith will overwhelm fear every time. You see many examples in scriptures where people that should have been afraid were not afraid. David should have been afraid of Goliath but he wasn't because David had faith in God. David told King Saul Look, when I was out there keeping my father's sheep, I I destroyed a bear and a lion with my bare hands. This uncircumcised Philistine to be just like one of those. David said, I got I got a track record with the Lord that says I don't have to be afraid of this Philistine. I I, I fear God. I got faith in God. I don't fear the man that the whole army of Israel feared. David didn't fear Um, the apostle Paul, whose life was threatened. He said, look, for me to live is Christ. And the die is gain. So they couldn't stop him with the fear of taking his life because he said, look, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And a man that won't be afraid is unstoppable. They beat, they abuse, they jail, they whip Paul. Paul said in Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul said, look, Even if I suffer, it does not compare with the glory that's going to be revealed in us as believers so bring it how do you stop a guy like that or a girl like that you can't they're unstoppable and so faith overcomes fear and it's, it's it, it needs to be how God's kids move along and so moving on look at verse 14 look at Nehemiah's prayer he says my God remember Tobiah and Sam Ballad. according to these their works and the prophetess Nodiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. Nehemiah says, Look, I don't have time to go deal with all these adversaries. So I'm going to just tell dad real quick. I want you to know this is a quick prayer. He just says, God, remember all my enemies, all the stuff they did. He named Sambala, Tobiah. He named a prophet. He said, Remember them for what they tried to do to me here. And I want you to think about this. There are times in scripture where people told God, Remember me, right? Think about the man on the cross. He said, Lord, remember me when you get into your kingdom. And the Lord did remember him. He said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Nehemiah said, God, remember my enemies, get them. And we need to remember that, right? And rather than us fighting all these little things, we can just, we can put God on that. The Bible says that, um, it says, don't repay evil for evil. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Um, Something that Chuck Smith used to always say is that if you spend your time Fighting every skirmish and battle, every everybody that says something against you, you got to go and, and, and make it right. You got to go defend yourself. he says, God to let you do it, but it'll wear you out or you can just let the Lord deal with that. And you stay busy doing what God has called you to do. And I think there's wisdom in not getting caught up in that. So Nehemiah, real quick prayer. He just says, I'm, I'm telling dad on you guys and I'm going to get back to what I was called to do. Now, look at verses 15 and 16. It says, so the wall was finished. And I said, the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. So from the beginning to right here in chapter, it seems like it's been a long time, 52 days. And that's not that long. You know, it's not as long as you think it would have taken for this massive project. But they didn't stop. They didn't come away from the wall. They never stopped. The couple of instances where, you know, they had an issue, they had their little internal issue, they got it dealt with, they got back to work. Because they were persistent and consistent in the work, it was done quickly. It was done in 52 days. And so, again, I would remind anybody that's been called to do a work for God, um, be persistent, be consistent in the work that you've been given to do. Fast progress is made when, when you don't stop, when you just keep going. For you guys who live here in Inglewood, you know, we're watching the stadium go up and they literally are working around the clock. And so see, it feels like every time we drive by, we just see some massive structure or some new thing that's gone up. And so the work is happening rapidly over there, even right now with, with uh, the coronavirus. They said, <laughs> I don't know what the rules are over there, but them guys are still working. I'm still seeing stuff go up. We we drove by the other day, me and my daughter, and we saw a whole new parking structure thing. I don't look like it came up overnight, you know, but um, it's the work is going on. And so it's happening rapidly because they're just nonstop. They got day crews, night crews. They got lights all night. The work is not stopping. So it's making good progress. Um, and so, again, if your hand has been put to the plow to do a work for God, don't come off of it. This is encouraged me as we're in this this strange season for many churches where we can't meet in our buildings and we can't get with the people and we can't hug them and love them and touch them and all that kind of stuff. We got to be socially distant. And, you know, I got a cough right now. So I look like, you know, I got the Rona every time I cough. Uh, if you go in the mall and, or you want some space at the grocery store, just cough. And people will clear out and you can get them. I'm, not, I'm just kidding. Don't 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 really do that. Y'all will get beat up and it will be my fault. So um, but it, it's, 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 you know, it's an interesting time that we're living in. And when I think of all the churches, I think some guys may be discouraged in a time like this. And it may look like, you know, man, they're saying this is going to go on. We don't know how long it's going to be. I would encourage you. The, the encouragement I received from the Lord was not ever to complain about what I can't do in this season. But to focus on the Lord for everything I can do and make sure I do that. And I can tell you that that's been a much healthier focus for me. I'm not looking at what I can't do right now, but right now what I can do. I can Zoom. I can Facebook Live. I can Instagram Live. I can record these studies and put them up on the Internet. I can I can do a lot of things. So the things I can do, I'm doing. That's been a better focus for me. Uh, So I'm still my hand is still to the plow. To do the work that God has given me to do. Keep your hand to the plow with the work that God has given you to do as well. And so look now, it says in verse 16, and it happened when all our enemies heard of it. So when the enemies heard that the wall was finished and all the nations around us saw these things, look at this, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was done by our God. When the enemies of, of the Jews, when the enemies of Nehemiah, when they heard that it was done, he finished, he completed the work, it says so they were just disheartened. Um, and I, I think one of the ways that you just can take the wind out of Satan's sail is to complete the things God has given you to do. To not fall, to not turn back, to not, you know, to not fall short, but just do the work God gave you to do. You'll just take the wind out of Satan's sails. You'll take the wind out of the sail of your enemy as you just succeed at doing what God has given you to do. Look at verses 17 through 19 now. It says, also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Erah, and his son Jehonan had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Barakiah." Verse 19. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobias sent letters to frighten me. Now, I just want you to note this, that Nehemiah gets this unfortunate situation. Everybody remembers back when the wall was being built and there was everybody was working together. We, it was a team working chapter, chapter three. Everybody was doing their part. And there was one group that wouldn't participate. It was the nobles. Here we find out something interesting that the nobles are... They're they're connected to Tobiah, who is an enemy of uh, who's made himself an enemy of Nehemiah. And Tobiah is related through marriage. Uh, He's a governor. He was Tobiah was the governor of the Ammonites. And so you got this guy that Nehemiah is going to have to continue to deal with. That's not for him. And it says that Tobiah was talking to the Jews about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah would hear from them how great Tobiah was. And then they would report back to him about, you know, what what Nehemiah was doing. And so he had to hear this on a regular basis. This wasn't going away. And it says at the end of the last phrase of the chapter, Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. He was here. He knew what was going on. It's like having the enemy in your camp. And he's aware of everything that's going on. He's interacting with the people that you love and that you're ministering to and Uh, He's sending word back and he's still sending letters to frighten Nehemiah. And so we know that for Nehemiah, the the work of building the wall is done, but the work is not done. God has now raised up. Nehemiah made him governor over this. He'll have to continue to contend with Tobiah and the other enemies that that rise up against him. But as he does so, as, as we see what he's done so far, as he's consistent to move forward with what God has given him to do and to complete the work that God has given him to do. I believe that he'll continue to overcome, he'll continue to have victories. Now, I wanted to point out a few few things. I was reading, um, one of the guys I was reading on this was sharing uh, some of the similarities between Nehemiah and Jesus. And uh, there are three things that are are just similarities. And so, uh, number one, in the same way that Nehemiah, when he was told to come down to the plain of oh no, Nehemiah said no. Jesus was told to come down from the cross. They told him to come down. But but just like Nehemiah was doing a great work, Jesus was doing the greatest work ever on the cross for you and I. Amen. And he didn't come off the work. Uh, He didn't come down when they mocked him. He didn't negate to go to the cross. He didn't take a way out when he had it. He went obediently to the cross to pay the penalty for my sins and your sins. He was doing a great work. There were many adversaries. There were lots of distractions. There were lots of trials, but he overcame everyone. There was fear even. He overcame all of it that, that we might be saved today. Number two, Nehemiah is like Jesus in that they slandered Nehemiah, but he didn't defend himself. He spoke the truth. He trusted God. Jesus was also slandered. He didn't debate. He didn't answer back and it and it upset them. He didn't, he didn't give a response. He didn't give an answer back when when, when accusations were made against him. He just let it be. Uh, thirdly and lastly, Nehemiah is like Jesus in that the false prophet here offered Nehemiah uh, a fake way out. He says, oh, come on to the, you know, hide out in the temple with me and, um, you know, you'll be you'll be safe. Jesus was offered a way out from the enemy, uh, the deceiver, the liar. If you remember Matthew 4, Satan told Jesus, look, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give you I'll give you all these kingdoms now. You know, In other words, you don't have to go to the cross. I'll give it to you without a cross. And just like Nehemiah didn't fall for it, but he he, he did the difficult thing. Jesus also didn't fall for it. You know, he, he said this, you know, he responded every time to Satan with the word of God. And he said, you know, the, he said it is written that you shall worship the Lord, your God and him only shall you serve. And Jesus did not succumb to that. And we all can be grateful because that's how come that's how we can be saved, because Jesus finished the work that God had given him to do. And so Nehemiah finished his work. Jesus finished his work on the cross. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, was able to say in Second Timothy four, seven, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. He finished the work God gave him to do. May you and may I finish the work that God has given us to do. We learn some tools through the book of Nehemiah, not falling for the distractions of the enemy, not succumbing to fear. How do we overcome? We trust God, we obey what God tells us to do, and we, we stay persistent and consistent to do what God has given us to do. And so I pray whatever God has given you to do, that you be encouraged, that you be persistent in the work, that you be consistent to do it, and that you not come off the work that God has given
0: you to do until it's been completed. You've been listening to a transforming word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Pastor Bill is making his way through the book of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah got to Jerusalem and saw all the work that he needed to do, he knew just how to motivate the people to get on board with his plan. Read with me in Nehemiah 2, verses 17 through 18. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good, and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. Do your hands need strengthening for the work in front of you? Look no further than the hand of God. Remember his faithfulness in everything that he has done. But none of us were ever meant to do this alone. Are you looking for a community where you'll be supported and loved? Then come see us at Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Let's rise up together. You can find us online at calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. There you'll find everything you need to know and a lot of bonus material for your personal study for those of you further away come be in virtual community with us through facebook instagram and youtube we live stream our sunday services and with that we've come to the end of our time together today thanks for joining us and be sure to come again to a transforming word